Thank you for joining us at MindSpeak, the show that delves into global issues with a local perspective. This is a voice, not an echo. If you can't speak your mind, you can't be human. Hi, folks, and welcome to another episode of Mind Speak. I'm your host, writer and author Mark Anthony Rossi, and this is episode 245, Recognizing the Roads to Madness. Now, we're using the term madness in this show, not in the pejorative way of, you know, people acting acting crazy and you know a lot of the terms that people uh, use out there that not only do not describe things very well but in many ways it could be offensive and i don't mean that in a politically sense way i mean just like offensive because you're being idiotic then and i don't mean madness in the depressive way either okay we've done a show um in the recent past uh, based on one of my early essays, uh, Art in the Defense of Madness. And that was really about depression. So we're not really talking about that. What we're talking about is, in the classic way, um, both in life and in, in the arts, when you're writing or you know producing things uh, creatively, uh, the, the mistakes that you can make when you're under a lot of duress, but not necessarily depression, just because you're having a horrible week or you had something really bad happen to you, you almost got into an accident or you made a series of bad decisions and then you made a few more after that. Uh, it's the kind of, uh, I guess you could say temporary insanity when you, you just, you have one of those just snaps for a moment and, and it can lead to a lot of things. So this is a good way to help recognize some of that. And maybe maybe do things that can help prevent it from going any 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 further uh, or, or worse. Okay, all right. So let's talk about this um, first section here. We're going to be doing uh, life in motion. All right. So here's a good example. Okay, and I'm going to give you some of the underlying reasons I believe why these sort of things that happens. You hear this a lot in 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 the news uh, when people have this road rage. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about road rage in terms of somebody rolling down the window and, and shooting somebody, because that's not road rage. That's just, that's just a criminal act. You're just, you know, assaulting people with a gun. That's not the same thing. I'm talking about those folks that they simply having such a bad day already, and they get into the car, and, you know, somebody cuts them off, and they wind up, like, trailing them and, and speeding against them and beeping and putting up their middle finger and all of that. That sort of stuff can lead to an accident or, or, or even death. Not to mention, obviously, you know, uh, if you're stopped, uh, you could be arrested. All uh, because you have let your uh, your your temper go too, too far. And it's incredible because I find that this often happens to people who don't really have a long history of this kind of behavior. You'd be shocked at how many people uh, who have caused accidents, maybe hurt themselves in a car doing a road rage, or even arrested by police. And and when you find out later on, they've they've never really committed a crime before. They have no arrest record. Uh, they often I, I don't like to use the word pillar of the community because that's that's kind of corny. But they don't really have any kind of track record of of being anything other than a normal decent person. So. I find that in the modern world, particularly when we're operating vehicles, or even when we're operating computers, because you get people to do this too, and we'll talk about that in a moment. You know, there's there's a real 
I, I like to say a grave sense, a, a grave proportion of impatience. Where folks really feel that they have some kind of entitlement to some sort of emotional attachment to something because somebody cut them off. Folks, that's going to happen now and then. It's not always because somebody has designed their way to to harm your emotions or, or to be rude or, or, or think it's funny. People do it, unfortunately, all the time just because they're not paying attention. In fact, many things that happen in the world, based on a, a piece I wrote some years ago called Average Evil, I, I, I surmise that many of the bad things that happen in the world today, they don't happen because there are a lot of bad people out there. <laughs> they happen because there's a lot of average people out there that can do really dumb things. Oftentimes, things that border on evil, and they do it out of ignorance, they do it out of, out of neglect, they do it out of apathy, they're not paying attention, it's just not important uh, to them, not realizing that when they do these things, they add to the world's suffering, and they add to the world's negativity, they add to their own duress and stress of the day, to where things can get even more out of hand. That average evil, that's a simple... I always find a, a type of uh, just a stubborn neglect. And you, you you see that people do this all the time. It's not just with driving. You know how many times I people I got people that have been bold on the, on the Internet, you know, sending dumb things or, you know, instant messaging you something that's uh, rude or profane, you know. And I'm a military guy. I'm not exactly a guy that goes around snapping a, you know, a, a, with a bad temper. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I'm the most, uh, you know, a temperate person, because I'm not. But um, I certainly don't have uh, any real big loss of control. But I can promise you, if they did that in person, uh, they would have the, a, a different result <laughs> than, than the kind of behavior you see. Because when you're doing that on the computer, in the, uh, you know, you're in your closet or in your dark bedroom or basement or something, you know, it's, not only is it less than honorable, it's just, it's just straight cowardly. And you have, you have to wonder about people. Is this how they get their release? So this is how they, uh, what, shoot a, a dart into the world or, or, or just exert some kind of control they normally don't have? Which is a lot of what goes on when we're talking about this kind of madness, that people lose it because they feel during that day, during that week, or hell, maybe generally in life, that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're stepped on. Uh, they're not treated respectfully, and etc., etc. But here is a good way to recognize both that road to madness and what we're talking about right now. If those things are happening to you, yeah. And I'm not one of the people that's going to say blame the victim, okay? But what I am saying here very clearly is there are things that you could do to help lessen that. You're going to find, and I'm sorry to say, because it's not blaming the victim, it's just the absolute truth. You're going to find when people are walked over, when people are taken advantage of, when people are treated poorly, and I don't say this because they deserve this treatment, because they don't. But what I do say is, when they're not calling that person out, and it doesn't have to be a big dramatic public thing, but we're not calling that person out, we're not saying this is unacceptable, we're not pointing it out, we're not stepping out of the way, when they're almost practically inviting it with their non-contact behavior, 
it's almost like they're making themselves a target. I mean, they maybe they don't realize it. Maybe they just do it obliviously. I don't really know. Some people just don't want to be confrontational. But quite frankly, when people are like that to you, on a regular basis, you have to look at that and ask yourself, what am I doing to invite this? Or is this guy just a total dick? Yeah, I can actually say that word on the show. <laughs> can you believe it? But I don't, I don't curse in any other way on the show. But um, is that person totally wrong? Just wanting to do this because they like to be some kind of uh, emotional bully? Or am I doing something to invite this? It should be asked. Because when you know those people, that they constantly get into these bad relationships, you know it's because they simply don't have enough self-worth and they don't seem to have enough education about who they want to meet and they just simply latch on to anybody because they're insecure. Again, I don't believe that people deserve to be bullied. I don't believe that people say, hey, come hit me or, or come disrespect me. But I do believe that there's a series of things that you do or in many instances don't do to help stop that, to help lessen that, that you invite that kind of behavior. You simply do. I remember one time when I was um, giving a speech on a self-defense uh, series of courses that would be done by a karate studio, and they decided to open up for the public so they can help women learn to defend themselves more and to learn to recognize certain things. Um, you know, whether they're in... Uh, uh, underground uh, parking facility that's kind of dark, which I don't know if you know, but it's like one of the number one places for a woman to be sexually assaulted and, or, or robbed or, or, or a number of things. And um, and to use your keys and, and to have a certain spray with you and also to use various uh, karate-type moves. And these are things that really help women better, to, to better themselves and defend themselves. And again, I'm telling you very clearly, I don't believe that women do things that they deserve to be raped or, or bullied or hurt. But what I will say, just like that instructor says, and it's at the heart of what we're talking about here on the show, there are things you can do, unfortunately, that can invite this. You know, you're wearing a, a high mini skirt. You got nobody around you. You know, you're half drunk, and then you're going into some underground dark garage to get to your car. Why would you not think that that entire scenario invites some evil idiot to harm you? Because it does. Does it mean that you deserve this behavior? Hell no, it doesn't. But it does mean that you've now increased the chances that something bad's going to happen to you because of the series of decisions you've made. If you're going to wear some kind of alpha like that, have somebody with you. If you're going to go down there, have somebody with you. Or, or maybe maybe you're in a situation where, listen, I don't really feel I'm the most sober and I certainly don't have anybody with me right now. Maybe it's better to grab an Uber and go home and I'll go get that car tomorrow. Or maybe I just sit here at the bar safely with the bartender as I call my friend to come pick me up. And maybe that friend, girl, boy, or whatever, can bring me down there to get my car if I feel safe enough to drive. Or maybe they could just drive me home. Again, other decisions can be made that will, if not decrease that kind of behavior, maybe just eliminate it, that it doesn't happen to you. And this is what the thing that, it, 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 it drives me wild, you know? It really does. I, I laughed with my wife the other day. I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I have boys, because I do not know if I could be the father with a daughter the way things are out in this world. I'm telling you. 
I think I probably have her dressed like an Amish person, and I probably watch her, let her watch Little House on the Prairie on cable or something, as I'm worried about something happening to her, because it could be a sick world out there, especially for women. But these examples I'm mentioning to you about, about women, they can apply to anybody to where there are a series of choices they're doing, a series of signals they're sending, series of things that they're not doing by pointing out to somebody, listen, man, you doing that is disrespectful, and I don't find that acceptable. You need to cut that crap out. I'm not saying you need to be some kind of uh, psychological Rambo over here, but what I am saying is that if you don't point things out to people, you don't really know where that person is coming from. You don't know if that person is purposely doing this to get your claw to, because they want to be an emotional bully or maybe just because they are themselves oblivious to something like that. Oh, my God, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Sometimes they need that wake-up call. And sometimes you need the wake-up call by saying that to remind yourself that you're a person that deserves respect. You're a person that deserves dignity. But I'm sorry to say in the kind of world that we have, and I don't really think it's that much different in the world than a thousand years ago. Plenty of people have been doing this stuff for thousands of years. So it's, you know, it's not like this just happens because we were in the age of the computer now that people are less personal with each other and more distrusting and acting like idiots. No. We've had a, we've had series of that for, you know, thousands of years. But what I am saying is that it's entirely possible that your decisions, your actions, or in many instances, your inactions, they put you in that position where those things happen to you. And as that continues, that puts you on a road to madness. It puts you on a road to where it continues to erode your self-esteem. I mean, imagine when a person constantly goes in the same type of relationship and never works out and they get emotionally or maybe even physically abused. Each time that happens to them, they're not learning anything new, unfortunately. They keep doing the same dumb things over and over again. But because they're not recognizing the road that goes to madness in this situation, guess what? more and more damage occurs to them. And not necessarily physically. More and more damage occurs to them inside of who they are. They feel lesser and lesser and lesser. They wind up making worse and worse mistakes. Some people literally relationships themselves out to death one day because somebody literally ends their life. Because they're constantly picking the wrong person. Because they don't believe enough in themselves. Because they don't think themselves are enough for value. There are people out like that. I dated a girl for about a week and a half like one time years ago. That was like that. And I recognized that then because I've seen plenty of those signs when I was living in Europe. And the military. And I I, pfft, I would say I was claimed close to snapping on her, but I, I pretty much told her straight out, listen. I'm sorry I didn't recognize this before. And obviously this is who you are now, but that doesn't work for me. That you want to be treated poorly. That you don't know how to do anything other than, you know, get somebody uh, uh, upset so they can get upset with you. I go, that's that's some kind of game, but it's not for me. You need maybe sit down with somebody and get some help because I'm not for that. 
I'm not the guy that's going to treat you badly. And if I ever do treat you badly, it's some stupid mistake I made, and I didn't recognize it, and maybe you shouldn't be pointing it out. But unfortunately, you're not somebody that does that. You almost like that sort of stuff. Some people are like that, unfortunately. I'm not one of those people. You know? I, I To me, uh, love and, and sex and food, they're all the same. I have the same philosophy. They should all be enjoyable and none of them should hurt. <laughs> okay? There should be no hurt in love. There should be no hurt in sex. There should be no hurt in food. Okay? If you eat something and you're flaming to death, well, that's just not going to work for you anymore. It's just not fun anymore. Some people may be into that. That wouldn't be for me. When it becomes painful, it's not enjoyable anymore. Food, sex, women, love, relationships. You have to keep that in mind. The whole point of it is it's supposed to be fun and positive and healthy. And when it's not, this is when people don't seem to recognize things. They're either in the mode of, well, the only way I can really fix this is, is I got to figure out how to change him. You got the women who want to change guys, spend all the time doing that when they can't do that. You can't change people. You got to... Find them where they're at, and if those are acceptable ways uh, where they're at, then you go with it. If not, then you go find somebody else. Or you're on the other extreme where you're like, no, I don't want to change him. I'll just, I'll just hope it all work out for the best. I'm sorry to say, folks, but if you want to be on the recognizing of the roads of madness... Hope is not a tool for any kind of improvement, okay? It's a it's a, a dream that's just not going to happen. Because anything requiring to be recognized, anything that able to divert things from getting worse, anything from staying away from the madness and getting back to, to being having a, a sober, and I, and I mean sober in, 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 the, in the sense of just stable, and nothing's to turn your vision. So we're not really talking about alcohol here. Um, you have to, at least in my uh, my opinion, you have to make sure that you're on the same path or really close to it. I'm not saying everybody's going to be on the same path, but they shouldn't be so divergent that you know they're either arguing or being unhappy all the time. You know how many people that will tell you one day when they, they jettisoned somebody from their life and they finally found somebody that worked out for them? They're like, I don't know how the hell I spent so much time with this person when I have kind of always knew that this wasn't really the person for me. Well, part of that is they're, you know, they're afraid to leave because of the pain of breaking up. Another part of it is just a, I find mindless hope. To me, folks... And I don't make fun of hope. I think hope is extremely important. It's, it's actually an important element of who I am. But I've learned to recognize the false hope from the hope that has a chance. You, you, you can embrace hope, but it has to have a chance. If it doesn't, then it's, then it's false. And it's a, it's a bad dream. It's, just, you know, it's, it's a dangerous risk that's just not going to work anyway. But it makes you feel better. That's always a bad idea. So, you're with somebody, 
you recognize there's the good things about them and there's some real cool things that seem to line up with you. Well, you could say that, yeah, I have hope that this could work. That package of information I got gives me enough faith, because that's what really what hope is, is a kind of a faith, that this might work and it's worth uh, my investment in time. Remember, anything we do these days, folks, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a relationship or a job or even even going to church on a regular basis. That is an investment of your time. And every time you look on the news and you see someone dying, we just had recently uh, Ivana Trump dying, and unfortunately she didn't die of a heart attack. Apparently she just fell down the stairs and, and, and died from her injuries. 73, which means that... <clears throat> If she didn't fall down the stairs, she, she might have still had many more years left. You saw a lot of grandchildren, had a full life. So anything we do is an investment in time. We don't know how much time we have. You don't know when you're going to fall down the stairs. Can you have some disease and only have six months to live or whatever? We don't know. You see every day someone dying in the news. Sometimes younger than you expected. I tell people this all the time because it's what I practice all the time too. <clears throat> Do not waste time, please. You don't know how much you have. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to scare people into doing something. I'm not saying that because <clears throat> I'm death friendly over here or something. Or I'm just so afraid of death that blah, blah, blah. I'm saying that in a real and practical way. Why waste your time on somebody with that's not going to work out? Why? Well, Mark, maybe it will. Well, yeah. You've had enough time now. Um, there's a good maybe it won't. How about we go with that? First thing. Second thing is, again, hope is useful, but only so much. And you just have to abandon that and say, no, i got to go make another choice. Because, again, time wasted. Invested time on something that's just not going to bring you any happiness. You don't know how much time you have left. And I, I tell people this all the time. I remember one woman, she was kind of shocked when I said this. But I go, think about it this way. You finally found that person that it, that fits you, that you're happy with. And then you die five years later. Because you spent ten years with the jerk that did nothing for you. You pretty much wasted all that time. It's not a full life. When you're investing in the wrong things. It's the same thing with a job. There's so many jobs out there, folks. Why be in one that you, it just makes you miserable? Well, Mark, the money, this, that, whatever. I don't know. Unless it's something really, really extraordinary on the money. Who says you can't get something that makes you happy? Maybe just take a little less. Maybe you look into your budget and say, Hey, I don't need to go McDonald's four times a week. <laughs> you know? I don't need to drink this $50 bottle of wine. Maybe I just go to Walmart and buy a $5 bottle of wine. I'm not trying to make light of it, but I'm just saying. You could do some budgetary things. That, in the end, makes you oh, you take a job that you're happier with. Maybe later on you get permanent in that job and, and get more of the money you want. Or, or, or feel you need or whatever. Some people are stuck because they have a family and maybe the other spouse isn't working. Or maybe they're just simply up to the neck and bills and they got kids and <clears throat> all these things that 
they uh, promise to have or want to do, but I find more people than not, they are stuck in situations, and this is another road to madness, okay, folks? And this is how to recognize that. Because they overextended themselves, whether that be on credit and debt, whether that be on stuff they told their children or their family, whether they're trying to keep up with the Joneses, whether they just carrying just too many bills that they didn't need to have in the first place. Because then when they do that, you really are stuck to the job you really hate, but you just need the money because you got to take care of all these other things. You know? Maybe that's why you need to sit down with the family and say, listen, I'm stressed out, I'm tired, I'm not feeling well, this is hurting my life, this is hurting my health, and that's not going to make me the best husband or father, you know, if I'm overcommitting all those other things and I'm stuck in this place I don't want to be at. Maybe you have a big realignment in your family, in your jobs. It's another way to recognize the road to madness because that's why so many uh, marriages e explode. Because the two adults aren't really talking that much to each other. They're not really dating or doing anything fun anymore. They're just stuck in an endless loop of obligation. I got to work at the shitty job. I got to talk to this Dumbo at the basketball game who I don't want to talk to, but I don't want to seem rude. You know, I got to drive the kid here. I got to drive the kid there. You know, I got to do this and do that. And all this crap at work and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, next thing you know, 16, 17 hours has gone by. You know, you say two, three words to your wife and then, you, you know, you're, you're, you're knocked out. Maybe you have the weekends to do this and that. Who knows? But in the end, what is that really doing for you? You're not very happy. You're exhausted. It doesn't help your health. As you get older, you'll see that it has an effect. You're not really having lots of conversations with your kids. Too busy buying them off with this exercise or this visit or this vacation or this toy or this sport event or whatever. If you do too much of that after a while, then they recognize that. Then they don't really have a parent anymore. They just have a, you know, a walking ATM. How the hell is that going to be useful? I'm telling you. But I know lots of people are stuck this way. I had a moment in my own life where I was too, and I pulled back when I recognized it. But I'm telling you, it, it damaged me for a while. I believe that it, it hurt my marriage for a while. I believe it hurt my health for a while. I believe it even held, it hurt the kids for a moment or two. And I pulled back and I recognized it. I'm like, this is, I'm not happy with any of this crap. Hell no. It took a little while for everybody else to recognize it too. But once they did, they're like, yeah, this is better. Yeah, we need to have a date night. Yeah, we need to have a family night. Yeah, we need to have a game board night that doesn't involve electronics and TVs and music. I know it sounds all corny, but those things, when you do those things, they're a way to reconnect to people. They're a way to communicate again. They're a way to be human again. They're a way to be able to be able to stabilize your relationships. They're a way to kind of find your humanity again. And they're a definitely, definitely the way to recognize how to get away from a road to madness. Stay away from that. So that you're happier. I know I've, this, this year for me has been a really crappy year. I can tell you that. I had, uh, uh, at the beginning, the beginning of this year, I, I, I broke my, uh, my ankle and then I have surgery on my foot. 
So, I'm, I mean, almost the first six months of the year was doctor appointments, wound care, infection, pain, having to take a shower with a freaking plastic bag over my legs so I don't get it wet and get it infected again. Walking around, barely using a scooter most of the times or crutches. The only saving grace was was my left leg instead of my right leg, so I was still able to drive. But still, what a pain in the ass is to get around and do anything. I could barely shop without, like, having to stop every so often because you get exhausted because you, you only use one leg. I had one of those special, um, uh, it's not a cast. It's like some kind of orthopedic boot that you can actually wear that protects everything. But it's it's heavy. It's hard to walk around in, and, and it's exhausting after a while. I'm telling you. So it's not hard to, to, to recognize that you can go into your own road of madness with all that. I was extremely unhappy but all of that stuff. I never had any kind of injury that caused me, you know, to curtail so many things in my life. I hadn't been able to run in, in months, which is a big part of my own exercise and, and health program. I've been able to resume in only the last couple of weeks. In small increments, I can't do the amount I used to do. It's going to take a while, but I'm happy to be back at it again. And... um but yeah, it puts a, a real wear on everything. I think if it definitely put a wear on the kids because they, they they had to. Well, I don't think it's a bad thing for them, but they had to do more in the house than they used to doing. Because I'm like, listen, I can't do everything over here. You're gonna have to help more. That sort of thing. It was a big uh, benefit that my son's driving now, and I was able to give him my car so he could be able to get some some stuff done for the house. Some days I just didn't want to go out or, or couldn't go out or just just go do it, please. So it's great to have some help that way. And it was good for him, you know, to do something uh, responsible, you know, for a change as well. So I'm, I'm definitely happy about that. I'm happy to be back on the men's, you know, walking around and, and, and doing the things I, you know, I want to do again. But you're going to find most people tend to be unhappy and I'm not talking about the unhappiness of of a depression okay because you know that's more physiological obviously more psychological it's something that would be considered medical and maybe even has to be treated in a medical fashion but the unhappiness of people because they're buried under the weight of crappy decisions and they just don't know how to get out of those sometimes they need help from a friend or a family member to intervene. And other times, they just need, and I'm not encouraging this, but sometimes people just need to hit rock bottom before they recognize, what the hell am I doing? But there is a real, a real liberation and, and a, real, a real sense of joy when you can get away from those things and trying to get back to the things that make you happier. Now, I'm not some big Walmart, Hallmark card person over here on this podcast. You know, I, I said a long time ago, the whole point of the podcast is to be able to speak my mind, my heart, talk about things I feel that are honest and true, and, and, and try to help people as much as I can. But it's it's never going to be a, some gigantic joy fest. I'm not going to be having an accordion over here and, you know, jumping up and down half naked, talking about, you know, joy, 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 okay? It's not. Not everything like that is in life is that. Not every day is going to be that way. And that's fine. 
I'm okay with that. But what I do know is that extremes, no matter what they are, they're always bad, and you always want to do whatever you can to avoid those. And I mean by the extremes is, guess what? It's not really possible to be super happy every single day for the for 30 days in a row. Okay? Because if that's happening, you're having a, a deep mental problem, or you're on some kind of a horrible drug. And quite frankly, if you're unhappy that way, well, then you're dealing with all these choices that you continue to not make or you continue to don't want to avoid or simply want to make different choices. And, and that's what continues to make you unhappy. That has less to do with a drug or a psychological problem. That's more about, if not moral judgment, at least moral courage. You've got to be able to find that to be able to, to grab the happiness. I think one of the problems for people is they have a a Disneyland cartoon version of what happiness is supposed to be. It's supposed to be some wonderful thing that just finds you or something. I don't know. Almost like a fairy dust. But there isn't that way, folk. Guess what? Happiness is just like anything out there that you find that's a priority that's important in your life. You have to go find it. You got to grab onto it. You got to hold it and you got to work your butt off to be able to keep it. That's right. In many ways, happiness is a job. <laughs> it's a, it's an effort. If you know anybody at all that has a healthy relationship, they'll tell you it's not an easy thing. People uh, can get moody. People change at, over the course of times. Your priorities could change. Things can happen in your life that can change. Other forces that are out there. And yet somehow you're supposed to still maintain your relationship in some kind of a perfect balance, which isn't always going to be the case. All right, there, there might be uh, the time, maybe a day or two, a week or whatever, where you got to carry the, the, the heavier load in that relationship because the other person is not able to for whatever reason. And you recognize that and you do it out of love. And there's other times where you're like, Got to maybe tap them on the head. Hey, it's time for you to pick this shit up because, you know, my back's hurting. And there's only so much you can do to to be sad or be mournful or whatever before you need to snap back into it. And a lot of folks don't realize that. They don't get that anything worthwhile is work. Fighting for, it's worth maintaining, it's worth rearranging your life for, and making it a priority. And that, that's what people need to do. It's almost like by habit, maybe by dysfunction from the way they grew up, I don't know, but it's almost like they've made unhealthy living and bad choices and just unhappiness a habit. It's almost like a, an old sweater they want to, you know, they keep wearing, even though the, it looks like crap. They haven't washed it in 10 years and it smells like, you know, death. Uh, but, um, you know, it keeps them warm at night. Who really wants that? That's a choice of, of fear. That's a choice of insecurity. That's a, a real, real lack of faith. So if we want to begin to recognize the roads to madness, the first thing we need to be able to recognize is 
All right, I'm seeing that madness coming up here now. What are the choices I've made to steer myself over to this road? And what can I do to steer the hell away from it? Now, I realize this is a podcast and it's easier for me to say these things, but I've done them myself already. I've done them with post-stress and military trauma. You know, I've done them with... Um, with my own personal sense, with uh, with health, with, with my marriage, with family, with children, all these things that I, that I deal with. So when I talk on the podcast, you know, I'm not just some single guy that writes and I don't, you know, have any other experiences. I've had them all, folks. So I'm definitely talking from a real measure of experience on that. We're all going to fall on the ground sometimes. We're all going to fall down on our face sometimes. That's part of life. In fact, funny enough, it, it, it can be funny. Sometimes you, the most successful things you're able to accomplish is because of all the times you fell on your face. I remember one time my son telling me, geez, how do you know so much about this thing? And I'm like, because of the 27,000 friggin' mistakes I made. That's why I seem like a brilliant guy to you. That's why I seem like I'm some kind of expert. That's why I have experience. Where the hell do you think experience comes from? Experience comes from making lots of mistakes, doing lots of stupid things, making bad choices. The key thing is not that you made the bad choice. You're going to do that now and then. The key thing is you don't want to keep making the same bad choices or you don't want to keep making bad choices in general if you can help it. If you can step back, if you can try to analyze things, if you can say to yourselves, I don't need whatever I'm trying to get right now because that's a function of impatience and I wind up going to be doing something as bad judgment and then go back into a bad situation. There you go. Now, I'm not somebody that's an alcoholic, but I understand from others, others that are that there are instances where it's not a question of they can't go near a bar or they can't be in a room that has drinks being served you know like if you're in an art gallery or something like that or maybe even a you know diplomatic uh, soiree or something sometimes it's just about putting yourself in positions that are not going to just overly stress you to where you need to now run to go get a drink that in itself is a kind of a preventive maintenance that in itself is a stepping back to say I need to look at this more clearly so I don't put myself in a situation that I become more vulnerable than, than I should be. Some of those steps and some of those things that those alcoholic people do and drug addicts, gamblers, a lot of people are involved in these addictive behaviors. I'm telling you right now, if you're unhappy on a regular basis because some of the choices you made, in many ways you have a certain type of addictive behavior too so you using some of those things for, from people who have this 12 step programs is not a bad idea and I'm not necessarily saying you need to rely on the hollow power if you don't believe in God, that's fine but I do say that the preventive maintenance involving how people can get themselves away from that road to madness I think it's critical in most people so they can become healthier and happier so they can stay sober whether it's being away from alcohol or just being away from negative people or, or stupid events. How you steer yourself is just as important as, as how you land.
I know it sounds Air Forcey, <laughs> but that's the truth. We got to keep that in mind. Um, the next one here, creative in action. We're talking about some creativity where concerns are recognizing the roads of madness. Well, in many ways, artists are specialties and ignoring the roads of madness because they want to get there thinking that's going to bring us something that's super interesting. But it doesn't. Because if you get too self-involved, if you're not seeing enough of the, the forest for the trees because you're too damn close, you, you're going to lose perspective, you're going to lose vision, and therefore you know, it becomes out crappy. Anyone remember the ending of the, uh, the, the second version of Battlestar Galactica? Absolutely horrible. I'm sitting at the screen screaming at myself, screaming at them. I'm like, thank you for four years and you're going to give me that crap. You know, you, you want to go, you want to go into the room where the writers are and, and smack them all in the face. What the hell were you thinking? It's not like you don't know the show's going to end. You can't come up with something better. Anyone see the ending of Lost in Space, the remake they did of that? Fabulous. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with tying up some loose ends. There's nothing wrong with having a couple bows here and there. Just make it realistic. Make it something that is not in your face. That doesn't look like it's so easy. That's great. Anybody remember the, the, this recent show, Ozark? Another horrible ending. Horrible finale. I'm like, what did I put my time into for that? You already known for like a year that when the show was going to end. That's what you come up with? Some of the most brilliant standalone shows I've seen, and then you're going to come up with a crap like that. That's what happens. You can call that uh, arrogance, or you, I like to call it complacency. But it's definitely an ignoring the road to madness, and then you just you got junk at the end there, and, and in many ways you betrayed everything you were trying to do. And that, folks is really, in my opinion, the key word to a lot of things that we're talking about right now here. When you don't recognize the road to madness in so many different ways, you are betraying yourself. And quite frankly, if you're in a relationship or in a family, you're also in many ways betraying them too. Because I'm sorry to say, and it's an obligation, I don't care what anyone tells you, you're in a relationship or you have children. Well, guess what? Even on the days that you don't want to be the father, you're the father. Even on the days you don't want to be happy, you got to throw a little bit of something out there. Even if it's half fake. Because you're responsible for people in that relationship. And... They can't be absorbing all of your negativity. It's wrong to have that done. But unfortunately, it's also wrong that after you just did that, you don't learn to step away and figure out, i got to recharge my batteries. i got to come up with something else. i got to go take a moment's breath or go do a four-mile run or whatever the hell. Because when you don't do any of that and you snap, well, you again, you're betraying yourself and everybody else around you because there are certain expectations. There are certain expectations as a literary person 
during your creativity and, of course, during your relationship with uh, your, your significant other and those in your family members who you're on a regular basis, like if you have children. It's one of the major issues that confounds lots of people. Because they, they have this new age concept that, you know, if they're having a, a, a crappy day, they can just be crappy to everybody the whole day because their day is crappy anyway. Almost like, you know, I'm having a bad day here, so for about 12 hours I'm going to stop being a decent father and a husband and, you know, just be a craphead. It, it doesn't work that way. And when you allow it to work that way, that's when you damage things. That's when you betray things. And guess what? When you recognize it later on, it's, it's much harder to come back. Because it's more than just an apology. Because even if you got some decent people around you that are willing to say, okay, we forgive you, they're going to be wary next time. They're gonna, their eyes are going to be open next time when they notice you're having a bad day and they also want to know when you're going to snap on them. Or are you just going to hold back and do the best you can? Because that's really what you're obligated to do, whether you like it or not. It's your job. Yep. It's your job. And if you don't, guess what? It's not even about that won't apologize for you anymore. They won't forgive you anymore. It's a question of they're just not going to trust you anymore. Because you start losing their trust. Because, yeah, you're expected to be above the average person. I'm sorry to say, but if you're a man and you're not a father, you're not the average person. More is expected. When you take on that responsibility, more is expected of you. You know, I told a cop friend of mine, he got mad, but I'm like, I don't care. Oh, judges, uh, society judges us harshly. I'm like, yeah, well, society should judge you harshly. And I don't mean harshly that they don't trust you, and I don't mean harshly that they disrespect you, but I do mean harshly that they have every right, legal and morally, to expect as a cop. All the time. I don't care if you're on duty or not. Better behavior. Moral behavior. Above who we are. Because you are a cop. Because you are the one to enforce the laws. Because you have a gun. You don't like that? Then go resign and go do something else. I'm sure they have a job over in Walmart for you. Okay? You can stock some shelves. Listen to some tunes in your headphones. And, and spend your life doing that. Maybe get it, get something at the post office as well, if you like. But if you want more, being a cop, well, more is expected of you. Too many people, they rush into these things, whether it's something creative or something like, you know, becoming a, a, a parent. And it's like they never thought any of this through. It, it didn't occur to them. I told a young married couple, I said, listen. Because they say, you got any advice for me? I go, yeah, I got a lot of advice for you, okay? Uh, the one piece of advice I have for you, you can't do now because you didn't get married later like I did in life. You married early. So my second piece of advice to you is try to get some of the things you want to get done out of the way now because you're not going to have the time later on when you get when you have a kid. Even one kid. And you're going to be pinned down there for years. Hard to even go to a movie theater. Hard to go get her a date for a while. 
So if you got some more college you want to wrap up on, you want to get something else done, you want to try to work hard on getting a promotion, you want to go do some vacation stuff or travel stuff that you wanted to see beforehand, go get that out of your system. Go get that done. Because when you have a kid, your refrain for the next 20 years is going to be, yeah, when he gets old enough, we'll go see Rome. Yeah, when he gets old enough, we'll, I'll go work on that Masters at Nighttime on the online course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 20 years later, you, you won't have nothing done. I'm not trying to be judgmental here, and I'm not trying to give anybody a hard time, but I can't tell you how many writers I've come across that they, they, they confess to me that they're only writing something candid now. They're only talking about things and speaking their minds now because, you know, they retired now, and they don't have to worry about anybody judging them or hurting them at the job or this, that, and whatever, you know? I don't make fun of that. I understand that. But at the same point, I remind them. I said, listen, if you're a teacher, I don't know how that's useful. So, I mean, you're not really being a moral leader for those kids if you're just really telling them what they want to hear because you're afraid about your job and your pension. So, I don't know what that's supposed to do. I don't know what your bravery now is supposed to be helpful. The world is 30, 40 years past that now. You, you don't think we could have used that back then? You don't think the world could be better now? If many people 20, 30, 40 years ago stood up and said something, did something, we keep saying how the world's getting worse. Well, that's why the world gets worse, because so many people, so many average people don't speak up, allow that to happen, and then they wonder why the things are the way they are. I'm telling you something, folks. There are not enough bad people out there to make the world as bad as it is. <laughs> They're simply not. There's not enough dictators out there to cause of as many wars that we have. Even to this day. Why all that happened? Because the average person turns their back. Turns away. Allows it to happen. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Blah, 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 blah. Well, that's why. We have a crappy world because people don't want to invest in doing anything with it. In many instances, all they want to do is help enable it because they don't want to make any conf- confrontational choices. They don't want to make any kind of brave choices. They don't want to speak up and do anything. So I tell people all the time, oh, you want things to improve? Do not wait for this leader to come out of the magical blue. That's on Netflix. In real life, you want some things to change, you notice some things that are, that are going on, well, guess what? You got to go over there and make a change yourself. Maybe if you do it, others might follow you and, and do the same. Maybe the only way it's going to get fixed or, or resolved is if you're out here involved in it and become the example that is necessary for others to follow. Maybe not. Maybe you're the only one that does it and nobody else kind of, you know, follows through to you. I don't, I don't know. But what I do know is that there's too much waiting going on because people invest time in dumb things waiting is also another dumb thing i'm not saying being impatient is good but excessive waiting is dumb i remember i I met a girl and she's like um yeah i stopped dating and i figured that's the best way for me to um break the cycle of me just dating bad people and wasting my time and i go so what have you been doing i'm like well i haven't been dating in five years so I'm like, so you changed the one cycle 
of a bunch of bad crappy guys with the new cycle of I'm not going to have sex. I'm just going to fantasize and wonder about guys all the time, but I'm not going to get a date again now. So that's your new cycle now. Okay? Great. Your old cycle was running around half naked and acting like an idiot, and your new cycle now is, you know, you're, you're in a convict with, with, with streaming on your, on your computer. I don't know how any, that's any, any better. So you don't want to go to the extreme on anything and, and think that somehow that solves things. Uh, this gives you a new set of problems. One of the problem-solving things that you should be doing to recognize a road to madness is not replacing your problem with another problem. Problem-solving means solving this friggin' problem now and not having another one. That's what that means. In some ways, when we solve something, is we're recognizing some of the darker elements, maybe some of the weaker elements, some of the fearful elements in ourselves, and figuring out ways to shore those up, to make those stronger. It's not a bad thing to say when somebody comes out of a relationship or if they've been in too many, they're not working, that, you know, I need to take a breather. I don't mean five years, okay? But I need to take a breather to sort of just figure out who I am, what I want, what I'm doing wrong, etc., etc. That's really the best way to do most things. Even if it's a job situation. Well, how the hell did I get into this job, first of all? Why the hell am I staying, second of all? How the hell can I get out of it, third of all? And then fourth of all, what do I want? So I can go shoot for that. There's not enough analysis on the things that we do in life. Because oftentimes, we're too trapped up in our fears, in our insecurities, in our lack of faith. Someone told me, Mark, how the hell can you talk about faith today when I got... Um, people assaulting the Supreme Court, and we got, you know, wars all going on all over the place, and famine, and, and, and baby formula missing, and, and people upset that they don't trust their institutions anymore, and people think the media is a bunch of liars, and how do you have faith in that kind of environment? And I, I tell them the simple answer. That is the environment to have faith in. That's what you need faith for. Faith is about Trying to hold on to the positive things that are still left, or maybe trying to do something to help fix some of those things so they can be better again. That's what you need faith for. When the world is perfect and there's no more war and, and everybody likes each other and they don't start and they stop hating each other, what the hell do you need faith in? You don't need faith. Faith is reaching. When you need to reach because of the situation, is, it seems dire, seems dim. Seems dark. That's what you need faith for. You can't have faith when things are going great. Because you don't really need it. Things are going great. Someone told me a joke the other day. Like, yeah, I guess uh, we only need God when things are going bad. Well, yeah. In a, in a way, that's how it does seem. I've told some religious people I know. I would love to see somebody... Have something happen to them successfully and then just simply spend the time to do good things for others and thank God. Maybe thank God for the, the acts they're doing or just go home and sit in your chair and pray and say thank God. 
rather than always asking God for something when things are going bad. How about you just thank God once in a while when things are going good? That's how you get some balance in your life. Maybe that's how we have balance in the in the world. Because I think it's not a question that there's so much ingratitude in the world. I think that there's, there's so many times where people just don't learn how to be grateful for some of the things that they do have already. Not everything about your life is really bad. And if you can learn to step back and do some analysis like we've been talking about over here, you could put into the corner what's good and what's not. And when you see that, I kind of it'll give you a level of confidence. I'm not saying it's going to hit the ceiling, but you're going to get more confident when you see that. You'll feel more relieved. You won't be as afraid. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's some good stuff over there. Oh, yeah, we need to work on that. But that kind of organization, psychologically, emotionally, even even spiritually, is necessary for us. Not because we're always going to find balance. In fact, many a times, the best path to be on is the path on trying to get balance, knowing that you might not always get that. It might not even be achievable for you. But you know that as long as you're on that on that path, you're better on the path to getting, trying to get balance than you're on the road to going to madness. Because at least you're always working on something positive when you're trying to get balance. You know, if you fail, you fail. Okay. But I'd rather fail on trying to get something good done than, than fail on just being in the, stumbling in the dark, hurting yourself further. Because you're too stubborn to open your eyes or because you're too angry to change the direction. Or maybe just because you're, you're too hurt to think that you deserve anything more than more hurt. You deserve something good. You don't deserve hurt. The hurt comes from the world. It'll be plenty that it can give you. But in the final analysis of the day, you got to decide. Do I want this hurt? Or do I want to be healthy? And how do I figure out how to get that? Some of the very answers that we're talking about over here are things that you are going to find in yourself because they've been there all along. Knocking on your door of conscience or kicking your heart a little bit or wrestling around in your, in your, in your spirit. You don't necessarily need to run to Google to figure out some new age answer. You don't need to even go to a church. God, what is it about blah, blah, blah? Lots of times you already know the answer. You're just too stubborn or too fearful or just too tired to embrace it. Many times, people have spent so much of their time of the day and even so much of their time in their life being somebody else that they no longer want or even remember who they are. That's why people get divorced all the time. They'll tell you all this 
bullcrap reasons about it. Ah, he cheated on me. Oh, he spent so much money. Oh, this, that, whatever. Ah, here's the family. Ah, whatever. No. More times than not, people get divorced because they lose who they are. And they haven't figured that out, and it just gets worse. And I don't mean who you are as a role. Because when you get married and you have children, you now adopt another role of being a father. You now adopt another role of being a wife, or being a, a mother, or, 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 or a husband. So you already got like two roles on top of the role of being a friend, you know, at the card game, or... Uh, maybe being a church parishioner or a volunteer at the the vet clinic or um, a, a, an employee at a job. You now have a couple more roles in your life. So I don't I don't mean that. You've got to adopt those roles and learn to you know to live and work with them. I mean just who you are as a person because plenty of times and we talked about this in other shows too. So it bears mentioning again. People lose themselves because. They wind up acting differently, and I mean radically differently, in these different roles. Instead of being who they've been all along. Now, I agree, to a certain extent. You can't be the same person at the card table with the guys that you are as a father with your children. No doubt. But guess what? In the end... You need to still have the same moral principles as a worker, as a friend, as a parishioner, as a volunteer, as a father, as a husband. And when you have a different moral schematic for each one of those rules, well, that's how you lose yourself. Because you got to remember something new each time. Oh, I'm going to be this one, this one, and I'm going to be... All those roles don't require you to have a different personality, a different ethical and moral set. And when people do this, and they do this too often, because they, they, they think they need to be fake here a certain way there, this is how they lose themselves over the course of times. It's where they become unhappy and they only remember who they are anymore. Because guess what? At the card game, Nobody is cheating, and I won't allow cheating, and nor will I cheat. No different than when I have a conversation with my children. Cheating is unacceptable. Unacceptable in sports, unacceptable at school, unacceptable in this household. So the same moral rule applies. You're just using it for a different audience. Little kids versus grown-up dudes. Yet you got people all the time. Oh, yeah, that's just the way I act at work. I'm different in, in person. I've seen people all the time this way. I, I, I To me, when I see such a, 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 an enormous difference, I don't even want to be that person's friend. And, I mean, I'll be friendly with them. We could be at the card game and I say hello to church and everything, but they're not going to be in my personal life as a friend, somebody I talk to, rely on, hang out with. That's not going to happen. Because I cannot be with somebody that is decent and gracious as a friend but then everybody's saying at work this person is straight, immoral, illegal, evil, alien, evil person. Because they think that's what they're supposed to be in order to get the job done. I got to be evil in order to be able to get this money to pay this mortgage. Then I got to sit down and tell the kids moral things. After I've spent the whole day being evil with adults. How's this not drift back and forth and, and become a, a real detriment to who you are as a person? How's it not 
ruin and eventually wear down your identity. This happens too often, though. Now, I understand on a, a general level that we might have a certain public face versus a certain private face. That's fine, but it cannot be too dramatically different, in my opinion. Because once it is, you, you lose yourself. And then, once you lose yourself, that's when happiness comes in. It's very hard, very hard to get that sort of thing back. It's hard to get that kind of happiness back because you now have to change all the dumb things you've been doing all along. That's why I, I prefer people who are reasonably consistent across the board of who they are. Because they are. I've worked with some people that I, I have a good idea of who they are as people. And, and if we wind up doing some stuff on the outside after the job or becomes friends or something, if I can see the same thing, then I'm, I'm content. If not, um, I'll usually say something. Because that's one of the problems we have in society is we don't seem to want to be consistent. We always seem to want to play a role. Hey, roles are for actors and, you know, okay? It's for the TV and the theater. It's not for people. And when you're playing too many of these roles, this is why people lose themselves. And I'll tell you one thing, folks. When you start losing yourself by doing all this nonsense, you are on the road to madness, no doubt. And it's, it's going to lead to only to harm. So these people can talk all day long about the reasons for divorce. And I'm telling you right now, the number one reason for divorce is people lose themselves. No, yeah, they might have cheated on their spouse, and obviously I, I think that's unacceptable, but why do you think they did that? You honestly think they did that because they sat back and says, you know, I've been having sex with the same woman for 15 years now, so what do you think it'll be like with somebody else? They're not saying that. They're not thinking that. That's not on some schematic, okay? They're doing this because they're no longer who they used to be, because they lost themselves. And in some stupid, clumsy, quite frankly, immoral way, you know, maybe if they do this, they'll find themselves. They won't. They're just going to get deeper in a hole. It's like I laugh all the time. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, nothing against bars, but I'm telling you right now, if you have a problem, you're never going to solve it in the bar, okay? There's nobody in the history of bars since the beginning of time, okay, that... They solved the problem when they went into the bar. They came out and said, hey, this is solved. Uh, no. There are two things you're going to get at a bar when you go into a problem. Okay, You're going to either forget it for a little while or you're just simply going to make it worse. That's it. <laughs> you're going to shove it over the rug for a little while or you're going to make it worse. See? So, it's not doing you any good. Number one reason. So let's try to keep all this in mind, folks. And we're trying to recognize the things that can get us over to this road of madness that we've been talking about. All right? Don't engage in different behavior for different roles. If you're starting to do that now, try to pull back from that. Recognize it and start adjusting. Okay? It should not be that radical. It should not be at all. I'm, I'm telling you. I don't care what kind of job you have. You could be a prison guard or you could be a banker. It doesn't make any difference, okay? 
your ethics and your morals, they should be no different there than, than they're at home or with your wife or your friends or church, volunteering, anything else. They should not be different. And if they are, then you're having a problem. Start recognizing those things. There's no reason to go down this road to where you ruin yourself and eventually you betray yourself and, and everybody around you. And that's how happiness happens with, with so many people. There's enough studies that say that this kind of behavior eventually causes people to go into the mode of depression. For years we've been thinking and, 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 and summarizing and, and, and theorizing, you know, that there are some forms of depression that um, are biologically linked or maybe even genetically linked. And I believe that there's definitely, there definitely are. But obviously, that doesn't account for all depression that's out there. Sometimes people have bring themselves to depression because of the constant stupid decisions that they make. Of the constant living in fear. Refusing to go in a different direction. Refusing to open their voice and stand up for themselves. I'm telling you right now, folks, the world is bad when you see it's bad because of average people like us. It's not bad because of criminals. There's not enough criminals. It's not bad because of dictators. There's not enough dictators. And guess what? There's not enough communists. There's not enough Nazis either. You can put them all together in a room, and there's not enough of them to hurt the world the way it is. It's bad because of us. Once we learn to respect that responsibility, we can make the world a much better place. Because think of the logic. If you're a person afraid, always going in the corner, and I mean this metaphorically as well, not voicing your concerns, not willing to stand up and speak for yourself, well, then what are you going to do about the world? When all these bad things happen around you. If you're not even protecting and standing up for yourself, you're not going to do it for the next person or your neighbor or anybody else. And there's so many people like you that are out there like that. Well, there you go. That's why a Hitler can run free. Because you got a nation of, of imbeciles. They didn't want to question anything. Until one day, what happened? Why are we being bombed? Why are we starving? Well, I don't know. You let a screwball um, take over and gave him all your all your power and never said anything. That'd be a good reason. So everything, whether it's incredible creativity or happiness, life, a good marriage, the world being a better place, it all starts with us, the average person. I'm not necessarily saying that if you learn to stand up for yourself, speak up for yourself, that you need to now graduate to the next thing and go out there with signs and protests and try to make the world better. I'm not saying you have to do that. But what I am saying is that each person that's willing to at least do that is already making the world a better place. Because the people around them will see that. 
they'll become relieved. They might even wind up jumping on that example themselves. What you're doing can set off a positive chain reaction. And then maybe some of you can make the world a better place in other ways. But that's how it starts. It's that simple. And you don't need a positive guru. And you really don't need a podcast. And, and you certainly don't even need philosophy or, or religion. You don't need some Tony Robbins yelling something from the stage. You walk on fire with no shoes on and you'll scare away the demons. You don't need any of that dramatic, expensive nonsense, okay? You don't. You just need to open the door from the dark room. You just need to walk away from the things that makes you afraid and go into a different direction. You just need to open your mouth. You just need to stand up. That's it. And then from there, you'll you'll figure it out. You don't need anything elaborate. Nothing sophisticated. Just those things. The simplest things. That can make you better. That can make your life better. That can make the world better. Are those things right there. There really isn't nothing more than that. And you feel the weight be lifted you automatically become happier. You'll feel that tomorrow could be better. And more importantly, you're going to feel when tomorrow is not better, I'm going to have the strength to be able to deal with it. All right, folks, that's uh, Mind Speak. This is Mark Anthony Rossi. That's episode 245, Recognizing the Road to Madness. Hopefully that helped us all on, on a creative or on a personal uh, standpoint. I always think we do we need a sort of personal refresher, you know, on, on those kind of subjects. Uh, we're going to come up here and in a few days we're going to be doing a, another uh, show on on the letters, uh, what we call the mailbag uh, from the emails from people. We got a lot of them. What's going on with France over here? I got more sex emails from France on that show we did with the editor who did the erotica. Um, uh, issue from uh, Grand Falloon, which I just got in the mail, by the way, and it's and I haven't finished it up yet, but wow, it's really great. They did it wonderful with, with taste and class. Grand Falloon, so check them out on the internet. Go order an episode, or episode, I'll go order an issue, and uh, it'll be worth your money, and you'll be really, uh, really uh, enjoyed by it. And they did it with taste, and that, that's what I like to see. And uh, that's going to be a fun episode, uh, hearing what everybody is saying about the various shows we've been putting out the last couple months, okay? Until next time, folks, God bless and take care. This is MindSpeak. I'm Mark Anthony Rossi. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.